everyone and welcome back to another episode of the matcha diaries it feels really weird doing one of those intros i feel like we haven't really done this in a while but i thought i'd just come on here before the episode starts to firstly say that i hope you're all doing well i know january can be really hard because lots of people just put extra pressure on themselves and all these expectations to change and be the better versions of themselves which i think is great but i also think can be a little exhausting so i hope you are being extra kind to yourself in this episode, we are so happy to be joined by the lovely Nikki from the Instagram page. It's underscore Nicolette Marie, and we truly loved recording with her, guys. I can't, I can't even explain how much fun it was, and she truly is one of the most authentic people we've met, and she was just so inspirational, and the stories she shared and everything, it was just such a great recording session, and I hope you guys enjoy it as much as we enjoyed recording it. I did want to give a quick disclaimer, though. Um, that there is a bit of background noise in this episode and we truly do apologize for it. Uh, We know it can be quite annoying and I tried my best editing this episode but we still think the content is amazing and it's still such a great episode so we really hope it doesn't bother you or annoy you too much but yeah we do apologize for that. We also wanted to give a quick trigger warning for this episode because we do talk about eating disorders so if you think that this could negatively impact you in any way then please don't listen to this episode. Um, but we'll be excited to have you back next week and if it does trigger you in any way please do reach out to friends and family for any support or even any professionals if you can but that's enough of me talking go and grab a matcha and enjoy the episode We are very, very excited to have you on our podcast today. And just to get us started, we wanted to know if maybe for those of our listeners that don't know who you are yet, if you could li- if you could give them a quick intro to like who you are, where you're from and what you do. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I don't know why. This is always the hardest question for me. And I like <laughs> I feel like that makes no sense. But I think it's because I've gotten very deep into spirituality. So like when I'm naming mm. these things that make me who I am, it feels so ego based that I can't even like whatever anyway for the people who aren't into that and are like she's literally like woo woo um i'm nikki janky um i made my instagram i don't even know a couple years ago now solely um as somewhere to just kind of be my journal it was not to build a platform it wasn't anything there was no intention behind that just besides somewhere to literally be my journal and like outlet and anyways I was going through an eating disorder during that time which is why I made it really hard period and it just started to like build up and like I got an audience and I was like holy crap like this is insane Aww. I was just using it as like a journal um but anyways I am a nurse I have an RNBSN but also I'm a certified holistic health coach what else can I say about me? Basically, just kind of like, that's what I do. I'm from Chicago, Illinois, but now I live in North Carolina. And yeah. That's Aww. so cool. I feel like you do a lot. And I think that like journal style still comes through in your Instagram content. Like you can tell yeah, that that's definitely. how you start. I didn't know that that's how it kind of started off us, but we were talking about your Instagram literally before we started recording. And I feel like it's it's so special that like you've kept that aspect. Yeah. So that it kind of feels like you're reading like, I don't know, a friend's journal or like kind of getting like a glimpse into your brain, which feels very relatable. Yeah, I think also the fact that you started your Instagram solely 
for like your own purpose rather than what people do like oh I want to go viral or like I want to be it mm -hmm. like it translates through your content because you can tell it's like genuinely what you want to do and then maybe that's what makes it so relatable uh, and why people follow it which I really love thank you so much yeah when I started like Instagram even even a year and a half ago Instagram was totally different like now it's like every <laughs> single person wants to be like an influencer content creator which I love we need more creators we need more visionaries I'm here for it but at the same time Instagram has become so different than what it used to be mm. um so at that time it was just so much easier and you know it was so easy to be so open because at first I was like I'm just writing but nobody's listening but really everybody yeah. was listening and I was like okay cool like you know, maybe we're all in this dark place and maybe we're all just learning yeah. to grow together. And I think that's why it kind of built up into something it is now. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love that. How have you found like the journey of, I guess, then your Instagram growing? Like, have you found that a bit strange to adjust to like realize, oh, actually now people are like listening and reading to what I'm saying and then, you know, maintaining that like level of like openness? It definitely comes with a little bit more pressure and not even, I didn't even, this is something I'm still kind of unpacking for myself. I didn't even realize that I was feeling more pressure. And then I would notice some mornings I would be getting really frustrated if I couldn't come up with this like really good caption. And then after a while of like finding myself in that pattern, I was just losing that like inspiration that I had because it felt like I am not one who can force things. I don't believe mm. in that. I want to come off super authentic and just share my truth. And so the moment I realize that I'm forcing it, I just literally put it down and walk away. I'm like, yeah, this audience relates to me because I'm authentic and genuine and I share my truth. And mm -hmm. if I'm forcing it, like that's not what I'm about. So I'd rather just not share at all and then move on. And I feel like with a lot of people, it's just about like throwing out content after content after content and I get that like you're trying to grow I mean do what works for you but like I can't do that like I can't commit to that I need to be yeah. real because that's the energy that people are gonna feel if that makes sense so it definitely comes yeah. with yeah. the pressure and adjustment but also being really really self-conscious and like knowing when I'm forcing versus when I'm just flowing when I feel like I have something to share yeah uh, I think I saw it in one of your recent stories how you were talking about like going on that in Instagram break and like seeking that authenticity to come back into the way you're working on Instagram and I wanted to ask you how was it taking a break from social media because people find it so hard to do and like distancing from all that content and like kind of FOMO to some extent so I wonder Obviously, your intentions for leaving social media were good. So I want to know how that experience was for you. It was so necessary. Um, you won't even realize how necessary it is until you're like a day in it when you're not picking up your phone and you're not feeling the need to be in other people's lives and browsing through their lives. Because I tr like firmly believe that creators need to just absolutely do nothing. They just need time to be with themselves and get inspiration from that present moment and being present and being content with yourself and not needing to know what other people are doing or like because what we're really doing is feeding the ego. How can we be more? How can I do more by looking at other people's lives and you're not focusing instead on yourself you're not focusing on what you could be doing you're focusing on what could I do but like it's just too much mind noise and ego you know noise like it's just psychobabble it's literally everybody's yeah. throwing these things out at you and you need kind of space to step away and you like 
I become so much more clear about who I am when I'm away from social media. Because when you're constantly browsing through people's life, yes, people have beautiful content. They have such beautiful words. Like there's so much good about social media, but there's also so much noise. And then it's about really like looking at who you're following. Like sometimes I don't even think people realize that they're like kind of like hate following people. Like they don't like they're not really <laughs> loving their content. And they get kind of mad and it like makes this like energy like in them like they're jealous. Like it's such a bad energy mm. and you're just feeding that every single day when you're following these people. So one my biggest advice is to one to always take a break from social media even if it's a day. Even if it's one day break, take a break, but also filter through who you're following. Like if you're hate following people, you will be so surprised at what happens when you stop following them and they're not on your feed anymore and you never think about them again. And it's just like this I don't know, spring cleaning for your mind of just, you know, being able to just have a feed that fills you with joy and inspiration, not like these really negative emotions arising in you. So I think that's what I had to do. I had to filter through who I was following, take the break and sit and just be and be really present. Because when we're on social media, all you're thinking about is the future because you're like, what can I do next? What should I post in my stories Mm -hmm. next? What is going to get me towards this goal? And we're always, always, always thinking about the future. But the future is now. It's what you're doing right now. It's the daily habits and the thoughts and things that you're thinking right now. So if you don't ever take that break, like you're stuck in a future that you're never going to get to because you're not being present in your like real life. Yeah, I love that so much. I'd love to know kind of where your spiritual journey came from or how it's evolved and maybe because you also mentioned that you had an eating disorder and like how that may be interlinked, like if it helped you at all, sort of getting over those like disordered eating patterns and I don't know what exactly you struggled with in relation to food, but I'd be super interested to hear. Yeah, so my eating disorder started um, when I went into college and it was because my whole life uh, when I went into college just like kind of flipped upside down because like in high school, you know, I was like the party girl. I was always around people, cheerleader, like all these friends, like always having Mm -hmm. sleepover, like never, never by myself. I always, like, I have a twin sister. So, you know, we shared a room. Ah. So, like, it's just like I literally was never alone. Never had time to sit with myself. Never had time to learn who I was without the people around me. So when I went to college, it was like all of my friends went somewhere else. My twin sister went to a different college. My boyfriend went to a college in a different state. So, like, I was alone for the first time. And it was this, like, holy hell, I don't even know who I am. Like, who am I without these people? And it was kind of like this really, really scary eye-opening moment. And then I was like, well, I actually want to excel. Like, I want to be, like, the best nurse. And it just became this really weird perfectionist thing that I don't really even know how I got into. And that's kind of where the eating disorder came in because in nursing school, you're, like, learning how to take better care of yourself. And, like, at that point, I was not taking good care of myself from being this, like, constant partier who stayed up all night during, you know, high school. And I didn't, you know, really make that many friends in college because I was so 
focused on, like, being this perfect little, like, student. I was studying all the time, like, working out, whatever. And it just quickly developed and spiraled into an eating disorder. Not intentionally. It just, I thought I was just being healthy. And it just became super obsessive. So, anyways, at that point, um, I wouldn't say I was really, like, spiritual as to the point I am now. Um, I never grew up extremely religious. I was never, like, full-on Christian. Like, my family just never really, you know, paid attention to religion that much. And, but the one thing is that my mom always talked about, like, the law of attraction, manifestation. Like, I mean, she was telling me about the book The Secret when I was, like, in high school. And it's just something that has just always stuck with me. And so I never really, like, I believe that there's a God, but I also believed more in the universe. And I really Mm. believe that the universe had my back and that it was listening. And during the eating disorder part, like when I was in the depths of it, I did not pay attention to that at all. I was just solely like focused on like how I could shrink my body, all that, whatever. And when I started to realize that I had an eating disorder, when it came to like attention, I was like, "Mm," like, it was like another slap in the face moment because I didn't realize I had an eating disorder until my friends started saying things about me to my sisters, being like, there's something wrong with her. And they would start group chats about me and they were like messaging about Aww. me. Yeah, it was terrible. And it just kind of really, once I realized I had like an actual problem, it was terrifying. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this because when you're in, you're eating, you're in it. Like it is hard to get out of. And so it took a really long time. I mean, I had an eating disorder for seven years. And in that Mm -hmm. time, um, my mom, it was so well-intentioned. But looking back, it was just like not the way to go. She thought it would help the eating disorder if she offered to get me breast implants. And she thought it would just like help body image. Like, because if I got breast implants, like then I would have to even out my body, gain weight, whatever. It was well-intentioned, but really not the way to go. And like, she has them, whatever, and she's fine. And me being like, I was so young. And me being a young girl, I was like, hell yeah, give me breast implants. Like, that's an expensive surgery. Like, let's do it. And it was the biggest mistake of my life. Oh, bless. Yeah. So like, right after the surgery, when I like woke up, I was like, that was like, I had this terrible feeling that I just made the biggest mistake of my life, like truly, because I didn't handle the surgery well because I was so underweight and like not healthy. I'm surprised that like they let you go through with the surgery. Like I feel like somebody should have warned you. Yeah, no. Like doctors should have stepped in. And it's not because that industry is all about money. And if someone's willing to pay them for that, you know, that decent Mm -hmm. amount of money they're not gonna like turn you away they don't care and that morning they took my blood pressure and I'm a nurse so I know that I wasn't okay and I like told the nurse that took my blood pressure I was like I can't do this I'm like I'm like obviously not well enough and she's like no you're here it's fine we'll just artificially raise your blood pressure during the surgery and I was like that is extremely terrifying but anyways it was just so many red flags shouldn't have done it anyways um To make a long story short, it was terrible for the first, like, month after because my body was already so sick and then trying to heal with now artificial implants in me was not the way to go. Um, Anyway, I was fine, like, a couple months later and I had the breast implants for, I don't know, two and a half, three years and I got insanely sick. So this is like almost my current life. So this was like a year and a half ago when I really started getting super sick and I had no idea why. Like I didn't know it was my breast implants. And 
I went from doctor to doctor to doctor to figure out what was wrong with me, and nobody could figure. Like they're like, you're fine. Like your blood labs, they're like, eh, oh. they're not like, but there's like nothing wrong. You just have IBS. You just have like c- extreme constipation. Like nobody was like telling me. Like they were just telling me bits and pieces, and they're like, you're just gonna have to take like, you know, something to like make you not constipated every single day for your life, like Miralax or whatever. And I was like, I can't do that. Like, that's not what I believe in at all. So I was like, this is crazy. And it got to the point where I was having such bad pain in my body that there was two days where I fully could not walk. I couldn't, I was in such bad pain. And I was like, something is wrong with me. Like, I know something's wrong with me. And during that time, I was also transitioning to, like, moving to a new state, like, moving out of my house, my childhood home for the first time in my life with my boyfriend, away from my family for the first time. So there was, like, all these, like, different life stressors on me, plus my body was already breaking down from whatever was happening. And we moved here, and to, like, skip, to not make this incredibly long story, I found out through the chiropractor that I go to here that um, it was probably my breast implants. And at that time, I didn't know what breast implant illness was. I didn't even know that was a thing. Mm. And I just, once they had told me that they think that they thought that's what I had, I looked it up and I was like, this is literally what I have. And I did everything I could to get the breast implants out of me, like, as soon as I found out. Yeah. So I got a surgery. So I found out, like, last February and I got the surgery literally in March. Like, so, like, then, you know. Wow. <laughs> so, it's almost been a year. It's been, like, 10, 11 months or something like that since I got the surgery. So, I'm still very much healing. But it was during that time when I really got into spirituality. It was not so much yeah. the eating disorder that led me to spirituality because I was already in somewhat of a spiritual, like, mode, I guess you want to say. Like, I already had that. But it was when I was so sick that I was kind of like forced into spirituality even more because I needed a light I needed something during that dark dark time because I would spend days on the floor with heating pads all over my body because I was in so much pain and I was like I have to believe in something higher and that's something there's something more to this that this is all happening to me for a reason because how like it was just so so mind-boggling that I was I'm I was 25 24 when it started happening so I was like I'm so young to be going through all these like I have to believe that there's something more to this that this is serving me and my highest good somehow because it was the worst thing I've ever been through in my whole entire life because it's basically an autoimmune disease and it's something I'm still like to this moment still healing from because it comes with breast implants affect every single organ system in your body. So I'm still detoxing from it, healing my stomach, like so many things went wrong. And during this time, like I said, I needed a light because it was such a dark, dark time. And so I would go to energy healers. I'm like, can you like read me? Can you tell me what's like going on? And that's when I started to heal. It wasn't about taking more supplements. It wasn't about detoxing. It was about getting to what was stuck energetically inside of me. Like, what was I not releasing? Like, because every illness literally 
comes from energy. It comes from things you're holding, emotions that you're not letting move through you. By staying stagnant, we have a life force inside of us that needs to move. It's honestly crazy once you start getting more into it. And I would go to this energy healer and the craziest things would happen to me after I saw this woman. Like I didn't, because I had the eating disorder, so I didn't get my period for seven years. And I go to this woman and we sit there and we're working on emotions, like healing past life versions of me, whatever, like all focused in my stomach because that's where I personally hold a lot of my energy. And I went home that night and then got my freaking period after seven that's years. Magical. Wow. Yeah, that's insane. There was no more proof that I needed that it was things mm -hmm. that I was holding energetically. And so that's really how I got into, you know, deeper spirituality and like, because this, it's real. There, there's no way mm. anyone could tell me it's not real if you start healing these, you know, forgiving past versions of yourself and telling past versions of yourself that I see you now and I'm here for you. Because when you're in your eating disorder, you're not doing that. You're shaming yourself and you're making yourself feel like shit, you know. So once you start really like forgiving yourself, that's when things start changing. Like that's why spirituality is very much a real thing to me. That's so special. <laughs> I feel like that really like resonates with me as well I think I mean me and Cara have talked about this on the podcast as well we had and first of all thank you so much like for sharing your story like it means a yeah. lot um but yeah we talked about on the podcast as well I think we've both gone through like our own individual journeys with like disordered eating and I wasn't ever like formally diagnosed with an eating disorder but I also feel like reflecting now like I did a lot of things that like I now regret you know in my past when I was struggling with eating and I think I'm still like that is like a daily struggle for me of like okay I know I need to just like let those things go and like forgive you know my past self for that but I definitely think like that is a, that is like an ongoing struggle for me so I don't know if you have any like actionable things apart from like seeing that energy healer that like you did to like work on yourself and like forgive those that like you know the past versions of you I would love to hear. <laughs> yeah, I honestly think it's about setting time. Like, it's a practice. Like, that's what it is. It's sometimes, I mean, for most people, it's not just like a one and done. Sometimes it's literally multiple times going back and like being by yourself, getting quiet, telling yourself, hands on your body, anywhere where you're feeling stagnant. Just being like, I forgive myself for not knowing then what I know now. I forgive myself for not acting the way I'm, I would have acted now. Like, just constantly forgiving yourself and when you notice that you're reacting in ways that you past would forgive yourself and then try again like there's that's all we can do is literally just constantly forgive and not get frustrated in the process when we start to like go back because it's natural to go back into that reactive state but true growth is realizing when you're going back and when you're having those not so nice thoughts and then forgiving yourself anyway. And it's sometimes you do it a hundred times a day. Sometimes you only have to do it five times a day. It's different, but you just have to go back and say, I forgive myself and I'm just working. Like that's how we grow in this life is just acknowledging and hearing ourselves and acknowledging that we hear ourselves. So I honestly would say that's probably one of the most impactful things you could do if you don't have access to energy healers or hypnotherapists or whatever is just working on getting in the seat of your subconsciousness 
your true self because these thoughts that we're constantly thinking, these thoughts aren't your, this isn't you. You're watching. You're the watcher of your thoughts. You're not the one sitting here thinking, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not skinny enough. That's not you. It's never been you. That's the ego. So you're behind that. So if you can get into the habit of stopping yourself like mid-thought and like watching those and just let them let those floats just fly right on out, that's when you're going to see the most growth. It's just choosing to let go of those thoughts. Even if you have to do it a hundred times a day, it's how you grow. I love that so much. The idea that our thoughts are not us, like you can't compare us to our thoughts. And this idea that if you get something in your mind, you can instantly hold that thought and actually be like, no, I'm not really dealing with you right now and like push it away. And we actually have so much more power than we think when it comes to to things like that. And I was really enjoying... Because one of your posts, you talk about how um, in that cycle when like the eating disorder and everything was going on, you thought what you were doing was self-love, but then you now realize that it was like disguised, like you did things and you, you told yourself it was self-love when actually it wasn't. What's your advice towards being able to look at that moment and realize that it isn't self-love and like have that switch? Because I think that's the hardest thing is when you're when you're going through something so big people around you can tell you like oh you you know this is not good for you and and you shouldn't be doing things like this but I feel like in moments like that you get so defensive and you're like you know I know what I'm doing I it's fine I'm fine I'm fine and I feel like the best times that you change or realize it is when you do it internally rather than through external support so I was wondering what your thoughts were on that that to me was a realization when I realized so think of the eating disorder for example I was so like focused on losing weight and being smaller and being smaller and I was already severely underweight but I still wanted to be smaller I still wanted to work out x amount of times a day like I still wanted to eat healthy I still wanted to restrict and I in that in those moments I was like I'm doing it because I love myself because when I am the skinny perfect little version of myself that's when I'm really gonna love myself that's when I'm gonna feel so happy and life's just gonna be perfect and all my dreams are gonna come true and that's how much we romanticize like an eating disorder that we romanticize things so much and it's because you're focusing on this like future version of you that you think is gonna be really great and you think you're doing it from a place of self-love but are you because if you literally sit there and think about your thoughts during that time, your thoughts are not, absolutely, nobody can tell me different. Your thoughts during an eating disorder are not, I'm so beautiful, my life's so perfect. Like, that's not your thoughts. The only thing you think about during that time is how much more can I restrict? How can I look like her? And tell me, are those thoughts really nourishing, self-loving thoughts? That's how you know it's not, you're disguising it as self-love. That's how you know that you're trying to hide your eating disorder from other people and showing that like you think you you're trying to put on the show that you have your life figured out and you have it all together. But on the inside, you are breaking inside and you don't have it all together and you are sad and you're isolated and you're lonely so that you're disguising it as self-love. Like I'm doing this because I love myself. You're doing it to protect your eating disorder. You're doing it because you're romanticizing this future version of yourself who you think just because when you're skinnier, all your dreams are going to get into, you're going to have all the friends, you're going to find a great boyfriend. Like that's not, that's not at all the case. It's just us romanticizing it. And so I think that's the way to know you're disguising it is just really doing an energetic scan, a mental scan. What are my thoughts? Are they actually self-loving, nourishing thoughts? Or are they literally the most poisonous negative thoughts possible? Like 
that's basically how I did it for myself. I think that's so interesting with like the romanticization. I don't know if that's an actual word, but romanticizing like an eating disorder <laughs> or even like part, you know, future versions of ourselves because uh, we had like a, in one of our group chats, like of me and my friends, they were like posting like inspo pics. And I think me and Cara were also going through like inspo pics of like, just like outfits and stuff. Or like the one thing that like, you know, all of these pictures have in common. I like that they're like skinny girls, to be honest. Like obviously a lot of the fashion, yeah, looks great and whatever. But I think for a couple of years, this is like a trend that we've been seeing, right? Like all of the things that like these models or, you know, off-duty looks, whatever, the thing that they have in common is like that they're all very skinny. And I think even though as a society, I think we have made some progress in terms of like, you know, different body shapes and sizes being represented. I feel like it's a lot of the time like superficial progress because really what a lot of people are still like striving towards or like looking up to are like unrealistic body ideals and I think that makes it like double hard to to check yourself and then be like you know what what is my brain doing like am I just looking up to this like is this really what I want is it do I want to wear these outfits because I you know that's really what I want to do or I don't know I think it's I don't exactly know what my point here is but I just think it's really (laughs) interesting how like society I think also impacts what we're doing and our thoughts and I think it's quite hard actually to like you know separate ourselves from that and then stop romanticizing it and realize okay what is actually healthy though for us at the core of who we are and it's so much it's so much easier said than done because you're right everything you go on Pinterest TikTok whatever like Instagram Everybody is romanticizing that very small body because they think like that's just like the achievement, the epitome of happiness is being in this like small little body. Um, but I honestly, that's another reason why Instagram breaks, social media breaks, phone breaks are so instrumental, but also like in things like group chats, being the one or, you know, two who send a bigger girl and a, you know, beautiful outfit, whatever, like, and just showing like she, like, that's cool too. That's cool too. Yeah. Like taking your, doing whatever you can to start changing that conversation that all bodies really do matter. All bodies are beautiful. And really when you're seeing those girls like in the group chat, like sending these small bodies and if if you feel any way, like it's, you know, making you feel any type of way, kind of stepping back and then just, you know, taking a break from it and getting back in touch with yourself, being like, I'm beautiful the way I am. I am whole just as I am right now. My body is perfect just the way it is. And Like anything, it's just a practice. You just have to get yourself Mm. into the habit of not being so trained to have one body or only one body is okay to have because that's never going to be the case. Not everybody is going to have this one body and for the people who can't have that body, that should not you know, weigh so hard on them. They shouldn't feel bad about themselves because they it's just not attainable for them. Like, most of us cannot have that small little, you know, curvy, big butt, small waist body. <laughs> like, it's just not realistic. And I had to learn that a really freaking hard way with, you know, getting breast implants, realizing that that, that did not fix any of the problems that I have, and then getting them out, and then having to relearn how to love my body all over again. So it's just Mm -hmm. like, and you can't do that if you're constantly scrolling through these girls who you think are goals. Like, you have to learn to love 
your body as it exists right now yeah that's something with the movement now of like inclusion of different body types which i still find like i still get uneasy by it because i'm like through through showing different representations of different group like body types it still creates even more distance from yourself because you could look at that body type that like a bigger body type that still doesn't look like you and you're still trying to compare yourself to that that group so I think for me at least one of the most important things is like you were saying is like just looking at yourself and like loving yourself because no like your no one else will ever have your body mm-hmm. no matter what the way you change it so yeah for sure I honestly think that's just the journey for most people now is really coming and honoring that we need to love ourselves and our body and that's why I do think that taking breaks from your phone is so important and you know Whenever you're on the street looking at all these people, like not everybody looks the same and being like, she looks beautiful, even if she's not a size zero, size two, you know, little thing, like just looking like she's beautiful, she's beautiful, like, and they don't have to be the little model version and just like kind of really training your mind to see the beauty in everybody, not just the small little you know, models, which I'm not saying there's any because people can't choose their bodies. Like some people are just naturally that way. So I don't want to hate on anybody like good for you if you have, you know, the skinny little waist and big butt like that's amazing. But it's also amazing that I don't have that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really retraining your mind to see the beauty in everything and everyone and not romanticizing one body thinking that's the way everybody has to be yeah I feel like I love that as well about like acknowledging other people's beauty and that doesn't take away from your own like I remember the beginning of last year I read the book which is like my favorite book talk about it all the time Uh, it's called the book of moods (laughs) from Lauren Martin I don't know if you've read it but she's the she's the woman behind like the words of women Instagram account I can highly recommend this book and one of the things she talks about is like comparison and then again about like you know acknowledging and appreciating other people's beauty but then kind of learning how to separate that that like that doesn't take away anything from you it's kind of like you know you can appreciate somebody else and then also not let that affect how you view yourself or how you I don't know look in the mirror that day and you know speak to yourself or eat that day or exercise which I think is like an uh, something important to just like remind yourself of every day absolutely I think so too like there's always that like you know little Pinterest quote flying around like you know Christmas lights are beautiful but so are flowers and like they don't detract from one another like they're both still beautiful so it's just like if we really think like that you know like that's that's gonna make the most change in comparison Mm. because the comparison trap is so real but if you constantly look like remember like just because she's beautiful doesn't mean I'm not I have a bit of a different sort of question I know that you like at the beginning you were mentioning that you had a boyfriend when you were in college and is that like still the the same boyfriend that you're with now that you moved to South Carolina with (laughs) yeah we've been together for like eight or nine years wow that's insane that's yeah because I wanted to ask like I guess how it was going through that whole journey it sounds like like you've changed and grown a lot and like went through kind of hell and back over those years like how you navigated that within your relationship and like managed to like stay strong within that this is so tough um so we it's it's honestly wild so we met in high school and when you're in high school you have no idea who you are like you are literally just a child and so we met in high school And then college came, and like I said, we had to do long distance during that, and we both 
um, went through a lot of shit in college, but we were also long distance and we also cared very much about each other. So we never let each other know the extent of what the other was going through. And, you know, take it, we were going through completely different things. Like he wasn't going through an eating disorder, but he was still going through a lot of his own shit. And then it was like we would see each other after like a couple months and like it felt like we were two completely different people but we were still trying to be you know close and like together and it was really weird and I honestly don't I mean we broke up once during college um when he was like in the depth of what he was going through and it had to do a lot with like drugs and where he was whatever and for me it was the eating disorder and things just got really really rocky but somehow we like made it through that and we got back together and it was like we would be like okay we need to like talk more whatever like about it and like let each other know what we're going through but it was like neither of us wanted to put each other's shit on each other because we knew the other one was hurting and mm. yeah so it was really really tough but um I think it was harder for him because he when we were together he would see the way I would like talk about myself or like scrutinize every little piece of me when I would like be with him and be like oh I look so terrible I look so fat like I don't want to eat this today like whatever and I think that was kind of taking a toll on him but he was so supportive through it and I don't think there's and I honest to god I don't think there's many guys like him in the world he's so patient and he's so kind and caring and like he would listen to me and even if he didn't know what to say he would like try to understand like what I was going through like try to see it from my perspective and because of what he was going through which is crazy is that he also started to go on his own little like spiritual journey apart from mine like we didn't it's not like we ever like sat down and talked about it like he was just you know, doing his own reading and, like, getting more into it because I honestly think when you hit rock bottom, like, you have to, it's kind you're just forced into spirituality. So, anyways, um, he came back home after college and it was, like, very much meeting each other for the first time because we have went through so much. We changed so much from high school and we liked completely different things now, had different hobbies. Like I was getting into my Instagram and my Instagram very much started out as like a like healthy recipes. Like that's all I would kind of really post. And so I got really passionate about, you know, cooking and baking. And it was truly like we were like meeting each other for the first time and getting to know what the other one liked and whatever. And we really somehow managed to grow a lot together. And I honestly think communication is the number one thing through it all because you have to like, there were so many times where I'm like, oh my gosh, should we still be together? Like, are we even the same person anymore? Like I had those thoughts and every single time I had those thoughts and like told him about it, like we would sit there and it, even if it was for hours, we would like talk about it and be like, we're growing, but we're growing together. It doesn't mean we're growing apart. And so I really think that's honestly the biggest thing is like constantly communicating with each other. Like, how can we make re this relationship better, stronger? Like, what, how do you feel? How do you feel right now about our relationship? We still do this. To we did this like two days ago. I like, <laughs> I was like pulling Oracle cards and I like got a card about like relationships. I'm like, maybe I should talk to him. So pulled him into the room and I sat down. I'm like, what do you think we could do better right now? Like, 
something feels off and rocky, like, how can we, like, get through this? And we just sit there and we talk about it and we just play ideas off of each other and we just constantly check in with one another. And I think that's how we've lasted so long It's because we're open to communication. And if fights come up, like, conflict always makes people grow apart. But I think that there's an invitation in conflict. Can you see from the other person's perspective? Can you see that we're all just, like, innocent children reacting on our own past conditioning? traumas, whatever. Like, can we move past that? And can we grow together? Because the number one way to grow as souls in this life is through relationships and through being able to put your guard down and soften your heart and keep moving in the relationship instead of versus being like, okay, we're just done because we had an argument. I love that so much. That's such like a special journey. I feel like it's quite unique as well that like, you know, somebody from that long ago and you actually managed to you know, both go through such like individual things, but then somehow find yourself together. Because I feel like that's really important that like you both maintained your independence and like knew that you needed to deal with your own personal things that were going on. But then, you know, actively are still working on your relationship. He truly, I like I'm telling you guys, like he is something, something else. Like he has been there. (laughs) But the thing is, like when you have an eating disorder and you're, I was talking about this with one of my friends who had an eating disorder too. It's just like when you're in it and you have somebody who's been there through you through like the darkest times and you've told things that you would like never dream of telling anybody else and they didn't judge you and they didn't leave you and they kind of like they heard you you it's like you have such a different relationship with that person that like even if we broke up it would never go away because he was there through like I firmly believe that he saved my life through the eating disorder because there was many times from many doctors telling me that I was literally going to die if I kept going the way I was going. And I totally, because he would be the one to be like, you can do this. Like you can get, you know. And then when I had the breast implant illness thing, like I really minimized how bad I went through, but it was very, even if I didn't wasn't actually going to die there were so many moments where I literally felt like I was dying and he was the one you know to be there for like you can get through this and would do everything for me after the surgery I mean he was getting because I couldn't lift my arms up after the surgery um for like weeks and he would literally get in the shower and wash my hair and just Mm -hmm. be there for me the whole time like he's just such a special soul and I just really think And hope that people don't just, like, give up on their relationship just because they're, you know, growing up or, like, there's just so many years in between where you feel like you're not the same person. But how can you grow through it together and not apart? Yeah, I think it doesn't just apply to, like, romantic relationships as well because I, like, not to make it about Leo and I, but I think the reason we got a lot closer and, like, as, like, deeper friends is because we opened up to each other and, like, accepted that vulnerability isn't a scary thing because it actually does bring you closer and and we have like a whole friendships episode where we're talking about how like you can have those friends that you just like have drinks with and like have fun nights out with and stuff but those are not gonna be the people that you rely on at the end of the day um and they will stick they will always remain superficial like you there's no way that you can get closer unless you choose to open up and I think it's such an important thing to have and like having that support because there's nothing wrong with needing support from other people I think sometimes you feel like oh I shouldn't rely on other people and I should be able to handle this by myself but there's no expectation out there to do that and like if you have those people in your life use them like I don't think it should be such a bad thing oh my god no because who we're humans humans need connection we were not meant to brave the world alone like that's not at all our journey in this life like we need connection 
So, like, when, you know, I had to go through the same thing, like, should I be so vulnerable with people? Can I do this by myself? And Mm -hmm. for a long time in my eating disorder, I was like, I can, like, this is, this is a me thing, like, and you just kind of close your heart off to other people and you put such a guard up, like, I have to do this alone, but you don't have to, you do not have to do anything in life alone. Like, we are meant to have connection. Yeah, that's so, I feel like that's exactly like the thing of you think you're on your own with the feelings that you're feeling. I think that's very common. And then I think when we started doing the podcast and we like not only talk to each other more about like these like deeper and vulnerable things that we were talking about on the podcast, but then also like listeners messaging us. And I'm sure you get that as well, right? With like people reaching out to you via DMs and everything. I just feel like it's so special because you realize that like, actually we're all going through the same things more or less, even if, you know, everybody obviously has like their own journey and their own like, I don't know what you were saying, you know, on backgrounds, everybody has their own context. But I think like the raw human like emotions and struggles are often like a lot more similar than we think. And then that also means I think we can support each other a lot more than we think. Yeah. No, one thing I've always said is that I've had this theory that we're all a lot like each other. But the only way we're going to know that is through our stories and being open enough to share our Mm -hmm. stories, which is how I think my Instagram evolved was just being open enough to share the story because, you know, we relate the most through people, through words and through telling our stories. And I truly think that we're all so much more alike than we think. But it's also such an ego-based thing to be like, I'm me. Like, it's just like me. Like, it's a me thing. It's really not. It's like a we if you open yourself up to that. Yeah, that's so true. Also, like, going back to, you know, the hurt that, for example, you went through, And I read in one of your captions that you were kind of saying that you were kind of thankful for that and also kind of trying to get to that notion of like something is happening for you instead of to you. And I was wondering, because I can imagine that that's like especially hard to do when you're going through physical pain, like not only mental, but actually, you know, your body is kind of failing upon you. And I was wondering how you managed and tried to, you know, shift your thinking or, you know, your thoughts in that way. Yeah, so like I said, when I was going through that and it was such a dark time, like, I had to believe that this was, like, for a reason, that this was, you know, for the highest good because the universe does everything for each of us for the highest good, our own highest good for each of us. And I had to literally remind myself that, like, I – and so I – and not to say, like, you have to go to energy healers, but, like, even in, you know, I don't know if you guys have, like, apps kind of like CoStar or, like, The Pattern, which are very, you know, very much spirituality-based, astrology-based, whatever. I would read these things, and they were always, like, here kind of telling me that I meant when, you know – I, I want to put this in, like, the best words possible, but, like, kind of, like, I was made to walk through the fire so other people don't have to. I was made mm. to go through this, to share my experience so other people don't have to. And that's how I really got into the switching my mindset, is that if I share something and other people can get something out of this, then it was not in vain. And that even if I grow in my own, you know, spirituality like as a person as a soul like then it was not in vain because growth came out of it and it's just something we have to learn we so often characterize things as good and bad but the bad honestly most of the time leads us to something good 
we live like earth is just a planet of polarity like there's good and bad but we can't stay focused on the bad and just say that this is bad because we grow through our mistakes our shortcomings our failures like that is how we grow we're not usually growing when everything is great life feels good like because you're comfortable there you're safe but it's when you go through these hard heartbreaking things is when you decide that something needs to change and you learn something and you have a lesson from it and you can share that lesson and even if you don't share the lesson like you're still growing as a person and like that's how you shift your mentality that this is happening for me so that I can be at my highest good for this planet I also wanted to ask about is again this thing about like you were you were speaking about kind of owning your power in one of your Instagram things and I wanted to ask because that I guess kind of like ties into that when you kind of accept that things you know are happening for you and you're learning to you know show up as like your your best self kind of for the universe but also for yourself And I was wondering, like, for you in this instance, what are some ways that, like, you're trying to show up for yourself and, like, kind of be unapologetically yourself in, like, the, the, you know, internet world, Instagram space, but then also, like, in your personal life? Because I feel like sometimes those can, like, go hand in hand, but also be, like, a little bit different. Yes. So for me, who I am on Instagram is who I am in real life. There is no difference for me. Like, this is, that's the real deal. That's how I feel good. That's what we need is people being their real selves because I'm like, it's very, very disheartening to see somebody like portraying this version of themselves, but not actually being that version. And it's, it's like sort of sickening once you really think about it, because what they're sharing, like people are looking at them, most people, like they're looking at them, like they're leaders, like they're, they know what's going on, but they're not really being themselves. And I've met people from Instagram who are not who they are in you know on Instagram and it just reinforces to me that like I need to be who I am in real life like one like we can all make a change if we are who we say we are so I'm always me like there's no nothing different between there so showing up as my best self is one sharing my truth being authentic and genuine in my truth and You know, this is so different for everybody, but for me, like, when I feel like my best self, it's when I am literally romanticizing the hell out of my life. When I realize (laughs) that I'm getting stuck in, like, negative thought patterns, taking myself out of that space, like, taking myself out of social media, and then just focusing on myself. Dancing to music whenever I feel like it, when I'm making a smoothie, when I'm in my kitchen, playing jazz music, when I'm sitting and having my coffee, like, writing, reading, Walking outside is my favorite thing ever. So, like, going on a long walk and just listening to the birds chirping. Like, these little things. Like, that makes me feel like my best self. And when I'm not having, like, a great day, like, I don't feel great, I get ready. And I make myself feel like I look hot as fuck. And I just have fun. And I take pictures and I do whatever. Like, I just give myself that own confidence, like, boost and little pep talk. Like, you're, like, I feel like so many times we get stuck in these thought patterns like I'm not pretty enough I'm not whatever like looking in the mirror and being like you're hot as shit you're cool as fuck <laughs> like oh sorry if I can't swear but no just, you can <laughs> <laughs> but literally just giving like being your own best friend 
and like being that voice you need to hear and talking to yourself like your your little sister like your little sister came up to you and was like I don't feel good enough today like I don't feel like I'm good as being like hell yeah you're good enough and just owning that and being not being afraid to be you whatever that looks like because right now something I'm really I don't know, trying to bring from my subconscious is that everybody right now on Instagram is always after this same aesthetic. Like you have to look mm. like this to be cool, popular, worthy, beautiful. And I just, I'm like over it. I'm like really over it. I'm like, let's celebrate individuality and people being like, this is me and who I am. And it's still cool. And it's still, you know, it doesn't have to be the same like aesthetic. Like let's, celebrate people being different and owning who they are in a different way and I feel like that's something I'm really starting to like think about because when I go on Instagram everybody's content looks the same like everything looks Mm -hmm. the same and I get that and I get that we're like you know people are trying to grow and because they're you know they're posting that way because it's making other people grow but then it's like who like who are you like if you're always trying to like be like somebody else like who are you And so I feel like that's been something I've been thinking about a lot about lately. And I mean, I think it's okay to get inspiration from other people. And if that makes you feel like a badass, like, cool. But like, take that, like, take a step back and like, really ask yourself if that feels good for you, if that feels authentic and true to who you are. I feel like that's something really big that we need, like, just Instagram in general or like TikTok or Pinterest needs to do is just being like, is this like really me or am I just trying to match the aesthetic? Like, I I don't know. I I just feel like that's something I've been thinking a lot about lately, but just really honoring and like doing things that make you feel like you. Yeah, I I, I feel the same exact way. Like when you have to over curate your feed so that you look like, oh, this is what people want to see on Instagram and you do it because you feel that pressure to like look like everyone else and like the content that's growing it's it then takes away from the authenticity of it and like okay then you're pretending to be someone to to go online i wanted to ask you though because this might be a bit controversial but this whole like movement of romanticizing your life and like living main like oh being the main character of your story i'm all for that but at the same time sometimes i question if that can make people be narcissistic to some extent because i think something i've realized is i can be the main character of my own or like the main character but that's only in my world and i need to realize that i am not the main character in other people's lives and i think sometimes when you live that way of like oh you know do everything perfectly and like feel like you're the most important like the main character i think sometimes that can take away from like but sometimes you need to be the side character for someone else and i was just like wondering if you had any thoughts on that yeah um i think there's a duality like i was kind of saying like there's a polarity duality duality whatever to everything like you know there's dark and night there's whatever and everything's gonna have a different side and i think people like you are important who realize that sometimes I have to be there for somebody else. And sometimes I have to put my own needs aside for somebody else when they truly need me. Like, I think that's what it is. Having, you know, the mental integrity and being humble enough to realize that, like, maybe maybe I need to, like, you know, be there for somebody else right now. But also not taking away from yourself, if that makes sense. Like, because you still Mm. need to worry, like, you still need to worry about, you know, you and how you feel and how you are energetically and setting healthy boundaries for yourself because you still need to honor yourself above all. Like, it's just how it works because the world is a better place when we all do honor ourselves. 
But I think what gets tricky is when you can tell um, that it's not coming from that place where it's coming from, like, I'm better than everybody else. That's when it gets disgusting. That's when it gets, like, really icky, like, kind of distasteful. Like, you – I guess it just depends on the person. It really depends on the person. Like, if they're just going to keep coming off, like, I'm the main character because I'm better than everyone else. And, like, you're, like, if you're getting that type of energy, like, that's when you unfollow because that person is not serving any type of highest good for anybody. Because if we were really serving, like, their highest good, they wouldn't be inflicting, like, pain on other people or, like, making them feel like they're less than. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's really just honestly dependent on person by person and really like realizing where they are at mentally and like spiritually and like you just I really think it just depends on person yeah I find that so interesting yeah you need to realize that like there will always be like outliers in every situation yeah yeah I wanted to go back you mentioned that like one of the things that like brought you joy was writing and also that obviously that like comes out and like when you do your captions as well and like being genuinely inspired like, how do you incorporate that, like, in your daily life? Is it, like, do you journal? Do you, like, write poetry? Like, what is kind of your form of, like, writing and how that comes out? So my main thing, um, something I've been doing for a really long time um, is leaving myself voice memos. So a lot of the Ooh. time when I'm on a walk, I, I, talk, I talk to myself. And because <laughs> the thing is, is when I'm moving – And when I'm walking is when – because I'm super, super present. So, like, that's why I love morning walks because I'm present and I start having these thoughts. And sometimes I don't want to just, like, stop and, like, pull out my phone and, like, write it all down. So I'll just, like, kind of, like, walk and, like, talk because if if I don't do it, I'll just, like, forget about it and I won't, like, be like – sometimes I'm like, damn, that was a good thought. Like, I want to, like, you know, (laughs) save it. So I'll talk to myself and – I got into the habit of when I would get inside from my walk, because I have a very long morning routine, and I would go, you know, kind of listen to it, and that's where I draw my inspiration from, and then I start, like, I literally write down and I journal every single day. Um, Not so much journal prompts, which I do love journal prompts, and I'm getting into more of that, but I've always been more of, like, a brain dump type person and just Mm -hmm. writing, free writing, because... A long time ago, there's this book called The Artist's Way, and it is truly the best thing I've ever read in my whole entire life. But she talks about morning pages and writing three pages of just free thought and just seeing what comes out and not censoring or judging yourself or erasing, just like kind of letting things come out. Because when you write like that, you really surprise yourself what's really like in your subconscious. So a long time ago, I was really writing three pages every single morning of just free thought and then seeing what would come up. And that's really how it got started because, you know, years ago, I would have never been like, I'm a writer, I'm a journaler. Like that was like not, but it was just something that I wanted to do. And then I would write and be like, I have something to say. Like I do have Mm -hmm. something to say. And I guess it just really depends like what feels good to that person because I always get asked like how do I get into journaling like do what feels good for you like if you like journal prompts then use journal prompts all day if you like to like brain dump brain dump if you like can't be bothered to write right now speak into your voice memo like just find what works for you and build off of that I love the voice memo thing so much I feel like I'm gonna (laughs) start doing that because I always bombard like friends like Cara like with like a thousand minutes of voice memos we're like talking for me it's also after movement like 
I go on runs sporadically, sometimes more often than not. And I feel like always in the middle of my runs, I like have the the biggest like realizations about like things that I've been like pondering on. I didn't even realize were like building up in the back of my mind. And then when I'm on the middle of my run, I'm like, oh my God, it's like coming together. Like, wow. <laughs> now I realize, and maybe it's actually just like taking a step back. Cause I think often without even realizing it, I'm like glued to something, you know, I'm either glued to like my laptop my phone even if it's a book like it's always I think I'm always entertaining myself in some way and Mm. then when I'm like running it's kind of the only way like the only thing I then have is like my thoughts the movement and like maybe some music you know so I feel like that's so interesting and I I will I will try and (laughs) incorporate that I think that's great yeah I love that (laughs) no truly I love that so much and it really is those moments when we allow ourselves to like you know, not be in front of a phone, computer, book, and that's when things come to you. Like, that's why I say, like, sometimes creators, like, you just need to go and get quiet because things are going to start flooding in once you're quiet. So that's amazing for you. (laughs) I I get those moments, like, the cliche thing of being in the shower and, like, being alone with your Mm. thoughts. That's when I feel like I just think about everything. But something I've seen that I also want to start doing is people recording themselves on, like, of just taking a video of themselves talking. And, like, they look back a year later to see, like, how their body language has changed as they're going through and, like, growing. And I think that's something I want to try to do this year. But I feel like I'd be so awkward talking to myself on camera. Oh, my God, I love (laughs) it, though. It's, it would be cool yeah, to, like, compare. Yeah, I guess it's, again, that thing which I love about the podcast and you must, I don't know if you've thought about your Instagram in that way, but it's kind of like a, a time capsule of, like, how you were thinking and how you were acting and speaking in, like, a specific moment of time, which, like, norm- normally, like, you wouldn't get unless you were, like, I don't know, scrolling through, like, your messages with people or, like, listen back to voice messages. So I think it's really special because, like, I think you change every day like a tiny little bit without even noticing like in maybe you know good and bad ways and which kind of then ultimately lead up to like the person you are at like the present moment and I think it's so easy to forget like how you were thinking at a specific time which then maybe I guess can like because I was also working through um when kind of looking back at my past I also found it super helpful to like read past journals and like to see how my past self thought and kind of realizing that quite literally like my past self didn't have the realizational self-awareness necessary to like make actions that I would want to do now like the awareness the consciousness was just like simply not there (laughs) so I find that I find that very interesting and I guess that's a kind of like a good thing about like online everything that's like happening yeah no for sure I do think it's really interesting to like look back at what you were going through or how you responded or whatever like you know from who knows when like sometimes I look back at eating disorder journals and I was like wow I don't even know that girl Mm. like I don't know who that was yeah that's crazy I feel like because we don't want to keep you too long uh whether we've been speaking for an hour um but we have kind of like two final questions that we would like to ask you so the first one is um, what is something that your younger self would be proud of you for? My younger self would be proud of me for the growth that I've made in every single way this past year. She would be really proud that I actually acknowledge myself now instead of just like throw everything under the rug. Like before when I would do something, you know, good or worthy of praise, I would just be like, eh, like that's cool. Like anybody could do it. And I would never really like acknowledge myself for that. So I think my past self would be really happy that I actually like see myself and affirm myself. That's amazing. Another question just to like along the lines, if you could say one thing to your younger self, 
now what would you say i could say one thing it would be don't worry about other people trying to understand you just worry about trying to understand yourself that's so good i love that very powerful thank you (laughs) thank you so much for like speaking to us and being so open and like sharing your message i feel like you're doing exactly what you were saying before of like you know it had some higher purpose of like you going through everything because i feel like you're acting that out you know right now and like every day your instagram and like coming on our podcast like sharing your story i know it helped me a lot and i'm sure that like our listeners will really appreciate listening to your story and everything that you had to share yeah it's been really amazing thank you guys for having me you guys are so sweet (laughs) of course it was our honor (laughs) 